we definitely encourage our, mem- you know, when our vendors are reaching out to our membership to have a tight message, have something current, have something maybe educational in there first, other, you know, resources for them, and, um, you know, have a content strategy. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 298 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Yes, number 300 is just around the corner. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, I am interviewing someone live from Inman Connect Las Vegas here in 2021. I'm going to be talking to Madeline Hammer. She's the Executive Director of Strategic Alliances with Remax. Madeline has a varied background, including sales and then pivoting into real estate by way of Trulia and then into Zillow Group. I'm excited to get her story, so let's get this started. Madeline, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bill. I'm excited to be here. We are at the Aria Hotel for the Inman Conference. There, as we sit here, it feels like the Muzak is screaming at us, but I think it's playing low enough that we can continue on. Sounds good? I think so, too, and it has been an awesome four days, hasn't it? It has. I mean, uh, to be back seeing people, yes. uh, watching the reunion. Yes, <laughs> the all live the reunion, reunion hugs. As it occurs, yeah, it's been great. Yes. Uh, they're doing their best to keep everybody safe. I think it's, it's, it's uh, really been a great a great. Return. How's I think that? so too. Good. The network's good. been networking has been amazing. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Let's see. What I want to do now is I always start my podcast the same way, and some people like it. Others go, you know, change it up a little bit. And I'm like, no, because I want to find out about you. I want to find out where you come from. I know you live in Denver. Yes. You know, with Remax makes perfect sense right? <laughs> to be in Denver. <laughs> um, but were you born? Are you a native Coloradan? Is that where you grew up? No, I'm a Midwestern girl. Okay. I grew up in Northern Illinois, in Rockford, Illinois. Rockford, Illinois. Yeah. That's as Midwest as it gets, I think. It probably is. I Do went I to ca- college in Iowa, so okay. that's even more Midwest. I, I don't hear the uh, Rockford. I mean, you've kind of toned that down over the years, because normally there'd be a little more of a Midwestern kind of accent. Well, I went from Rockford, Illinois, to Minneapolis, and then to Denver, And so the Minneapolis accent, I think, took over the Illinois accent, and now it's just very (laughs) neutral Colorado. And now you're just right there, which is perfect. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Um, I I, I would love to hear, you're in Colorado and Denver for a reason. How long have you been there? I moved in 2004. So you've been there coming up on 20 years. Yes. Obviously, you love it. Yes. Tell Tell me what I need to know about Denver that I don't know already. So Denver actually has 300 days of sunshine a year. And so it's an amazing four-season city with sunshine all the time. And as a uh, Midwestern person, I always have multiple snow shovels. And in Colorado, I use them literally once a year. There's always like one big snowstorm that comes through and really dumps. Yes. But for the most part, all sunshine, cold, but sunny. Right. We get cold weather for sure. Yeah. Have you adopted the Broncos? And the Rockies? No. (laughs) (laughs) I am still a Minnesota Vikings fan. Okay. So (laughs) I'm trying to think through how the Vikings... You know, the Vikings are 
moving along. They're doing okay. They're okay. Yeah, they're <laughs> they, yeah, they're 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 just okay right now. They've they've had some runs though. So it's yes, good. they've had some awesome runs. Yeah, I like that. Let's talk about growing up in the Midwest too, just a little bit. Sure. Because I, I think you said you went to Iowa, and I've been I've driven across from Chicago to Dyersville, Iowa. Because that's where the Field of Dreams is. Oh. I've been there. Okay. And that drive, there is a lot of corn. Yes. <laughs> so when you grew up there, where you were in Rockford, uh, probably a couple hundred thousand people in Rockford. It's a nice yep. big About nice 250,000 people. Yeah, okay. Tell me about growing up there a little bit. So I grew up in um, an area that was called uh, Churchill's Grove. And it was actually where there was a Civil War camp. So the names of the streets around me were Civil War generals. I grew up on Camp Avenue. And um, it it was a historical area. The Rockford as a city is actually divided by a river, a very wide river. And we lived on the west side of town. There was always a thing about east versus west side of town. Just <laughs> like interesting. Even the high schools, so they have different names, east, west. East and west, yes. Nice, <laughs> nice. I like that. I like that. And it was a good place to grow up. Okay. Yeah. A lot of family in Chicago. And so I actually went back and forth into Chicago quite a bit to see cousins. Okay. You, you went to Iowa. You're a right. Hawkeye. Yes. Hayden Fry, is that the football? Am I right? Yeah, when, he was the football. Because he was there forever. Yes. A long time, yes. right? Yeah. Um, so you still follow them, I'm sure. That's your that's your Big Ten team. That would be my Big Ten team. Yeah. Yes, and mm-hmm. I think this year we'll go. I'll get all sports for a second, but this year Iowa and Iowa State played each other, and both were ranked in the top ten. Oh, that's I had unbe- no idea. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, so they're they're really it's kind of cool to have both schools because they're in different conferences, and but I'm sure there's a massive rivalry in state. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cyclones and the Hawkeyes. Yes. I like it. Um, you know your uh, Iowa teams. You know, I'll, I'm going to name drop Sean Carpenter, who, you know, is a yes. good friend of mine. Who yes. knows He's a college football freak, and I have to keep up with him. So <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. Um, Love it. Let's, tell me the path you were following as you, as you went to Iowa. What were you going to be? What was, what was your focus? What was your field of study? I wanted to go into public relations. So initially, when I went to college, I thought I was going to be um, a writer and a journalist yeah. and a, maybe a teacher. My dad was a college teacher. And uh, then I realized that I really wanted to go more towards business. Okay. And so I thought I was going to go into public relations. So I did communication studies and I did journalism. And I was in the Public Relations Student Society of America. Yeah. And when I graduated... I quickly found out there were like three jobs in public relations in the town of Rockford. Okay. <laughs> so I wound up in sales. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was my next question. Your first mm-hmm. job's in sales. Yes. And I, you know, is where you, are, where you are now in your career, when you look back, all that stuff you picked up at Iowa was important. Absolutely. And then you, you start doing sales on top of that. Yes. So where were you working? John Deere Healthcare. What? Yes, I know. The tractor people the tra- have a healthcare division? They did. <laughs> they had a, uh, so they started one of the first HMOs. And uh, I'm dating myself now. This was in the early 90s. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> and um, they, and so my first job was selling group health insurance to businesses. And gotcha. I was only in the business for about three years. But I have always appreciated spending a good amount of time in insurance because yeah. it's so important to 
to buy it, to have enough insurance, right. not to overbuy it, to understand how the policies work. So you you have insider information, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough to you know make my own personal decisions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in looking at your career path, you know, because I, I I'm able to follow things online yeah. and kind of figure stuff out. For me, I guess the way I put it is heavy sales background with a kind of a cool pivot into strategic partnerships. Is that yeah. kind of the arc for you? Yeah, I spent a lot of time in sales and yeah. um, sales leadership in telecommunications. Right. And when I got a package uh, from Quest, I took the money and I took the pension that I had saved and I put it all towards an MBA. And I just knew I needed to leave telecommunications. Okay. Yeah. And um, I wanted to go more towards a growth industry. And when oh I boy, did you pick one? I did, right? How lucky am I? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. You, so you 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 spent over seven years, and I call it the Trulio Zillow yep. universe. Yes. Because of that, you know, you were there. I think probably when Trulio was um, acquired or partnered, or I absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I was there a couple of years beforehand, okay. so I was there for the IPO, okay. and I was there for the merger with um, Zillow. Okay. And I was there for the first three years as Truly and Zillow were together and, and came to the industry as Zillow Group. So t- working that out, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about some of the things that happened because there was this, like, Trulia was getting reviews and Zillow was getting reviews, yes. correct? On their own yes. before they partnered up. Uh, was that kind of an issue? Um, you know, cause, because I kind of in, in review space now myself. Was that an issue at the time? Like, how were they going to handle that? Because ultimately, I think they went to both places, right? Oh, with the reviews that were yeah. collected and how yeah. we uh, yeah. merged the data? Yeah. I don't remember there being an issue with it. It was okay. definitely uh, being in um, strategic partnerships and broker mm-hmm. relations. Mm-hmm gathering of reviews and really sharing the importance of them was something that I was always speaking about gotcha. in broker events, in industry events, and really, and at agent events, encouraging them to gather them. We had been collecting them at Trulia for two years before we actually started publishing them to agent profiles. Wow. And so we had quite a library. Yeah. And yeah. when the merger happened with um, Zillow and then we combined the reviews, it became a real powerhouse for agents. Yeah. It's, when you think about it today, Zillow Group mm-hmm. is still the leader. <laughs> in the number of reviews and that sort of thing, right? Realtor.com is doing you know uh, very well as well, and and you know and, and we're we're just doing our best to try to catch them both, right? So, <laughs> so we'll see how that plays right. out, right? So I have to ask you this question because I I'm not sure the timing of when you were at Zillow, but was Jay Thompson there when you were at Zillow? He was. So did you ever have to interact with him? Did he ever? Because I know he had to talk to you know different people in the space based on what was happening in social. Because right. that was his job, right? Kind of industry outreach. And right. he was the ombudsman for Zillow truly <laughs> online. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. Yes. So do you have any stories about Jay? We love telling stories about Jay Thompson. So, Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, he really took the bullets for so much online. Yeah. And I yeah. was always so impressed with how he handled really fired up people and yeah. how he diffused things and talked with them about things. And... Yeah. um in a in a really in a really gentle, articulate way. Yeah, he, and I really, you know, I was taking some of those same bullets on the broker side and out gotcha. uh, at <laughs> events, and so I tried to learn from what he was saying and doing online. 
don't have any good Jay stories, so. Okay. Well, I got plenty. I'll save them for, for later. Another another time. The, the way Jay was, was he could definitely be gentle, but there are also times where Jay could be, I don't want to say it's snarky, but he could read the room really well and know that he could be a little bit more direct or a little bit more. Absolutely. It was very interesting. And I always wondered, and I've, I've never really discussed this with Jay, um, I wonder if you ever had to he had to report back to somebody that wanted to know why did you go that route. I have a feeling Jay just you know knew what he was doing and and just did a wonderful job in that role. Yeah, yeah. I didn't interact with him that much, but I would have to guess that there were conversations inside the tower, as we used to call it, about how to handle things and um, you know from a PR perspective and directionally. And I'm sure there was a lot of coaching. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I would believe that. You are now executive director of strategic alliances for Remax LLC. Right. Uh, that I love that title. Uh, I know what that means in my because of what I'm doing now with Rate My Agent, which is much different than what I was doing at Fidelity. Uh, I'm just guessing you spend a lot of time on phone calls, and in the last year and a half or year, almost nearly two years, you have spent a ton of time on Zoom. Yes. Oh, Zoom. I'm so grateful that we're able to go back to the office now. I know. I, I, I don't know about you, but there's some pleasure in just when you're trying to set a, connect with somebody to just say, do you mind if we just talk on the phone? Yes. It's so, I, you know, it's so, before you, ah, I hate talking on the phone. I hate talking on the phone. We are going to love talking on the phone for the next couple years for sure. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because we can or get together shutting, in person if we need to. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And also shutting your camera off. Oh, my gosh. I, there are times where you get to Friday afternoon, and I just want to shut the camera off and not worry about what's behind me and just focus on the meeting. And Because it's really intense to yeah. look at the camera and um, engage with somebody through the camera while you're looking at content that they're giving yep. you and then you're taking notes over here and yeah. you know drinking coffee and the dog runs through i mean it's all so intense it is you're absolutely right i want to ask you about what your role is what it entails right because once again i i just keep thinking back pr pr was kind of a focus here you go into sales and do well there, very well. Then you end up at, in the Zillow group, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. So it, you bring a ton. I can just see where, you know, Nick and, and Nick and um, Adam at, were looking at, wow, look at this background. Madeline fits here. Can you describe the role for us? Sure. Yeah. So I have the lucky role of looking at technology partners and um, really any type of vendor that is serving the real estate industry and look at what we have in, within the approved supplier program as well and bring in new services. Or I also align, so it's leading our approved supplier program. And then I also work cross-functionally with our product and our marketing teams. So as there are products that we know we're not going to build, we know that we don't want to have a custom uh, product for Remax, then helping bring vendors into the room and helping organize those conversations where everybody's sitting at the table and we're looking at vendors and what do we need for our membership to help them grow their business and bring in vendors in that way as well. Yeah. And, and there's also, you know, in the recent history, there've also been acquisitions 
Like right? a, when things are a perfect fit, right? That's always an opportunity as well. We're very excited about the first data and the yeah. you know the future of AI data and how it can help inform not only the calls but the timing of the calls, the timing of the emails, the marketing approaches for agents. I think it helps break through the digital noise. Yeah, I think so. Um, I would imagine you're very organized. I mean, try to be. You try to be. Yes. Good. Is there like a? Is there? I would think there would be a checklist. Like these are the things that we look for that can help our agents. Because really, it's, right. it's about your franchisees and, and their and the agents. A hundred percent. That's what you're worried about. Yes. And so, is I would think you'd go, yeah, this one, you know, it hit it hit twelve of the fifteen, and this one only hit two of the fifteen. Right. Is there something that simple, or is it? I don't know. Well, it depends on the product. Okay. What I will say, though, we definitely vet our vendors and our partners really carefully. Okay. We look for, um, in particular, with the Canada expansion, too. Mm -hmm. So we look for vendors who can serve both the U.S. and Canada. Okay. We look for somebody, in, if you're going to be in U.S. only, in all 50 states. Stability of the company, backing of the company. We look at our Remax agents and brokers already using the product. Right. And right. also... You know, really important, what is the problem we're looking to solve here? Yeah. How is it helping an agent's business? Are they solving it already? Or is it something that needs to be integrated and sort of brought along um, yeah. to help solve the problem? So yeah, starting I, there first, yeah. what are we trying to do and accomplish? And how is it going to help that agent with their business? There's so much, you mentioned noise, <laughs> digital noise. And there's so many products and so many shiny objects mm -hmm. floating around that I would think one of the, your primary concerns is like not overloading and just saying, we've got to make sure that we're, re the word strategic is there for a right. reason. We want to make sure that we're really bringing the value. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't want our marketplace, which is what, you know, we call the, the landing page where mm -hmm. our vendors are able to, you know, display what they have or link right. out to their sites. I don't want our marketplace to be the NAR conference Floor. <laughs> for those for those that haven't been there, it is staggering. Staggering. To walk into the first time to see the expo hall. Oh my oh gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even you know, I've been in. I've been looking at products in in this industry and a student of the industry since 2011. Yeah. And after two rows, I'm like, wait, what do they do? How's that different from that? I mean, yeah. I completely yeah. understand how agents first can buy something and forget that they buy it and it just auto bills on their yeah. credit card and then not really remember what they should be you know, using the product for. We have a lot of agents listening to this podcast, but there are also a lot of um, startups and tech people and tech leaders and mm -hmm. things. And so to have uh, an alliance with a massive operation like Remax, talk about and marketing is a big part of your world as well. Absolutely. So talk about the marketing side of things. And I think it feels to me there's two sides to that marketing. There's absolutely what your partner is going to be doing, but also what Remax does. Because your marketing is more internal, obviously, right. to the agent. Internal so how, to our, our membership, yeah, yes. Yeah, so how does, that, how does that, how do those two play together? So I think that the the direction we're going in, so there's three big places where our vendors can market out to our membership. There's the um, direct pushed outreach where it can be an email or a call, but direct outreach to uh, the membership. 
There is the marketplace, which is um, where uh, our membership can come and look at our products. And we work really hard to pull people to that. And then the third place is really through our education channels, which is Remax University. We are just launching a new platform there, a very modern platform that allows our brokers to post on the platform, engage with the platform, push classes out to their membership. And my vision is really to have a place within RU where we're also educating on our vendors and our partners and the solutions that they are bringing to membership. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. And and I know as a as a partner now that yes, we we have to be very conscious of um, what we, what your department requires and requests of us. In, in the cadence and the delivery of things. Right. It's, it's always approved. It's always double-checked. And I think that's critical because you can't have a rogue partner <laughs> dropping an email a day. Right. <laughs> right. It's just not going to work. It doesn't work for... Yeah. it, And it doesn't work for their message, for the membership. They'll just get blocked. And um, so we definitely encourage our, mem- you know, when our vendors are reaching out to our membership to have a tight message, have something current, have something maybe educational in there yeah. first, other, you know, resources for them, and, um, you know, have a content strategy. I'll use the word verticals. Are there certain verticals right now that are pretty important? that you're really paying attention to? There's two main areas that I'm focusing on right now. And one of them is on uh, the marketing to the sphere. I think there are so many opportunities that agents have to really long-term market out to their sphere, stay connected. Uh, We know that there's a change in the market that's coming. Everybody's talking about it. We also know that um, seasonality has really fallen out of real estate sales. It's no longer the summer move. It's really people move when they have an opportunity to get the house that they really want. And so marketing to your sphere and staying in touch in a really authentic way, very, very important. So that's one set of products that I'm looking at, how they interact with our membership. Are they in our own tech products? Are they integrated with other partners in our ecosystem? So that's one area. And then the second is really our broker services and modernizing their back end, their uh, reporting, and their overall business dashboards. In the big franchise world, it really, those brokers are just so critical to to the success of everybody. Yes. To the agents, to the brokerage, to to, to Remax. It's everybody. Yes. I think that's critical. Yeah. I think that's really important. Very proud to serve them. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I ask this question all the time when I have an executive on from (laughs) the big companies. Is there anything cool on the horizon that you're allowed to talk about? upcoming like or what if that's the answer there is no what do you see coming up in the next five years so in the next five years i definitely see our ecosystem of products continuing to come together so that um, there is a focused tight package of solutions that help our brokers and agents build their business I see us continuing to stitch together, integrate, pull more together, um, and be smart about how we're delivering those that yeah, technology. It, it's the holy grail of the end-to-end solution, right? That 
everybody wants, yes. but it's just not, it's just, you can't snap your fingers and just get it. It's, it's, it's been quite a process. Data is beautiful and it's also so difficult. That's yeah, that's so true. So true. Uh, Madeline, I, you know, we're here at Inman. There's things to do. Yes. We've got meetings and yes. sessions. So I'm going to wrap up with the same final question okay. I've asked every guest. And that is, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business? There's two things that come to mind. Okay. I'll um, let you have two. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> one is as you're building your database and you're building your contacts, choose what is going to be your um, shtick, if you will, and stick to that. Like, don't change your, your content or your outreach strategy every year. Build it. Come up with something that is authentically your own. And make that part of your marketing. It's that consistency word, word right? Right. Yeah. Consistency yeah. and um, something that becomes your brand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it. So that would be uh, one. And then, and actually, I guess this carries over into the other, which is video is really where everything is going. And if it is a, you know, I was with BombBomb for two years and I learned so much from that team. And I really think that being you using tools, whether it's video for listing presentations, for your outreach, for your homes uh, as you're listing them, but having, you know, not being afraid to be on camera and having video as part of your marketing arsenal. Really Another important. great Colorado company. It right? is, yes. Um, um, yeah. mm -hmm. And I love their, I love their Humanization. A new book just came out from Steve and uh, Ethan. Yes. And the whole, you know, face to face, even if it's asynchronous video, amazing. Right. I love that answer. Yeah. That's great. Cool. Madeline, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. Either one of those are great. Okay. Yeah. Best way. Good. Any cold outreach there is fine. Awesome. Madeline, thank you so much for your time today. I'm glad we got to do it here at Emmett. It's super cool. Me too. You know, we're sitting in this corner and I'm sure people are going, I don't, do they hear the noise? <laughs> but this I, has I been a delight. Thank well, you for well. having me. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to the Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.